Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford. I'm back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcasts. Plus also as well, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, you know we're going to talk about all the injuries. They seem to happen to my players, even though I won two of my three teams this weekend. But still, Jefferson Hurt. Arcane, the kid from Miami, got hurt? My gosh. We'll update you with all the goings-on in the NFL on Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Plus, also as well, Joe Soro. You know he's happy about a Lakers win in Vegas. They rolled the dice, and they didn't get snake eyes in Vegas. And you know Joe was talking about that. It's Ox1947 at LakersBall.com. Go ahead and check out what he's doing there. Plus, also, his company, Simblades, SimbladesWithAY.com. I do know he's still... I believe back east, if I'm not mistaken, in the Midwest. If I is that correct, Sean? He's out there somewhere in the mid. He's somewhere roaming. He's 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 being Joe somewhere. So yeah. hopefully Mobile he'll join us tonight. Joe. Mobile Joe, indeed. But also as well, go ahead and check out Laker Tom. Laker Tom is the number one Lakers blogger that's out there. Go ahead and hear what he has to say about the Lakers, along with our good friend Jamie Sweet, aka Yami Sweet. Mr. Five Things himself, those guys comprise of the Lakerholics at Lakerholics.com. Our good friends, Empire Jeff TV, Lakers in Five, also as well, John McCallion. All three of those guys have great and outstanding YouTube channels you need to go ahead and subscribe to. Go ahead and make sure you do that today, wherever you get your YouTube channels right there for you. And speaking of subscribing, Click on the little Joe right there on the lower right-hand corner of your screen. You're going to go ahead and be subscribed. And when you do, you get the latest notifications on when we go live with the latest Lakers Fast Break podcast. I will tell you what, though, the Lakers coming into my neck of the woods here in Las Vegas, about nine miles away from here as we had time to do so on the playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break watch party that we had. Hopefully you joined us for that. But I did get to measure out how long of a distance it was. It was about nine miles away from me. And it seemed like the Lakers' first half really got in tune with their offensive side. 
LeBron and Austin Reeves were inserted into the lineup today. They decided to go ahead and give it a go. No Jared Vanderbilt out with a heel issue, so they're monitoring that day-to-day. Plus also as well, Cam Reddish was also out with a sprained ankle that we saw happen on Saturday's game against Golden State. So they're both status as kind of day-to-day at the present time. So again, as I said, Austin and LeBron were in. And they helped facilitate a really high-octane offense as they shot very well in the first half from beyond the arc. Also got a chance to go ahead and really start the transition game going. 75 points in the first half. Obviously a very productive half for the offense. But in the second half, they decided to go ahead and sit down AD, LeBron. Austin Reeves still played a little bit in the second half. They also sat down D'Angelo Russell, who had a very solid game himself. But in doing so, they, the Nets, the Brooklyn Nets, the other team involved in this equation, actually got a chance to come back. And in the fourth quarter, when the decision was made to put in the rookies by Darvin Ham, that really made the game a lot tighter than it needed to be. And at one time, late in the game, the Brooklyn Nets actually did go up by one. But uh, some clutch plays from the rookies after really sliding off the hill earlier in the fourth quarter. Some clutch plays down the stretch and a basket by Colin Castleton. And also as well, Deboy Hodge, some really good plays as well. Helped key a victory where the Lakers did squeak out a three-point win over the Brooklyn Nets, 129-126. to 126. And here today to talk about today's game, he's a good man indeed. You've got to go ahead and check him out every time he's here. He's the madman from Toronto. He did get out of Toronto traffic to join us for the game. On playback.tv's Hot Sakers Fast Break. He was also earlier here today for the awesome update from Justin Quinn on what's going on with the Boston Celtics. He was up there for that. I know everybody was like, eh, but you know what? I wanted to make sure we got everything taken care of officially on our NBA observations of all 29 non Lakers teams. And that pretty much put the exclamation point on that. It is the Magic Man, Sean Grice. Sean, great to have you here. Cannot thank you enough, as always, for being a part of it and doing a great job, as always, my friend, being part of our team coverage there for today. Your thoughts on the first half, because I think that's what we really would get out of it. Torian Prince was inserted into the starting lineup for today, and we were kind of concerned heading into it because he really had an unimpressive debut, nine points, five fouls against Golden State. But today he found a much better matchup Played pretty solid defense, but most importantly, Mr. 40%, as I'm nicknaming him, because he actually is guaranteed he's going to be above 40% from behind the arc this year. He was living up to that number today. Yeah, he was. Uh, defense was very passable tonight. Um, you know, it could be better. It could be better with him, but it was passable tonight, and he was shooting in rhythm, Gerald. Uh, we, we, you know, if anybody wants to go back and look at our uh, – player profile one of our our big takeaways about Torian Prince is that when his shot is falling he seems to be more focused more energetic uh just an overall like better best version of himself Gerald and that's what the Lakers got tonight um he was he there was one particular play where LeBron was going really strong to the cup uh, and if he missed it, Torian Prince was right there. We didn't see a lot of that last year. A lot of guys would kind of just stay at the three-point line or he- hedge a little bit in. 
at least Torian Prince made the decision to go all the way in there and he'd be there for the recovery if LeBron missed uh, the layup. Just a small a small detail, but some something that's very important. That really if, stood out to you. I remember you commenting that on our playback.tv slash Hickers Fast Break. Yeah, because we didn't really see that a lot last year. That was more instinctual to me. And you, that that's what we want, Gerald. We want these guys. He was right there with D'Angelo. Both of them could have gone because they were standing next they to each were. other. We only saw Torian's Prince make that move. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I, I, I again, stress back to the fact that uh, once we – once you look at his overall game, he played his game tonight. He made a couple shots from deep, felt comfortable enough attacking the rim when he got the ball. It was an overall good, good bounce back game for Torian Prince. Absolutely indeed. But also cannot go without saying that very good game today for Austin Reeves and Rui Hashimura. Rui looked even much better today than he did on Saturday. Your thoughts on Rui's performance today, 8 of 14, 2 of 5 from behind the arc, 19 points, 5 rebounds, pretty solid overall, especially from a scoring standpoint, very efficient there, ran the break, was hustling with LeBron. I truly appreciate what he can bring to the team. Looks like more and more that he's still trying to play to get into the starting lineup. Yeah, it it does. Um, So it, it looks as though it's going to be some healthy competition for that fifth starting spot, you know, right now it's a three-man race. Uh, Gerald, I've always believed in the adage that you shouldn't lose your starting spot because of injury. So I think I think I would still pencil in Vando as a, as a starter. But with with the way Rui is shooting, and if Torian Prince ca- carries on his torrid pace, then there's going to have to become a come to Jesus moment for Darvin Ham, where he likely has to insert the player that's shooting well. Over yeah. Vando, who, while it very effective defender, love we absolutely love the way he boxes out, and that's a lost art, and he's one of the best at it. But if Vando is ineffective shooting the ball, it's just that's just the way the cookie crumbles with the Los Angeles Lakers. You have to be able to shoot if you're going to be on the floor with LeBron and AD. Speaking of LeBron and AD, again, the first glimpse of the preseason for LeBron and Allen, who is in our playback.tv slash Fast Break live watch party. He had mentioned about how he was trying to gauge where LeBron was at. Is this going to be looking like LeBron pre-injury or is this still going to be continued to be LeBron, maybe a little bit older, a little bit wiser LeBron, that type of deal? I don't think we got too great a glimpse today because he wasn't in there that long to really get a good look, but he seemed fine. He looked healthy. He looked like he had a little bit of bounce to his game. Your thoughts on LeBron's game today? Yeah, I agree, I agree with that. Overall. Points. I agree with that overall assessment. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Five I assists, would... you know, three turnovers. Just, it was, you know, he was there out for 17 minutes. You got what you got. Yeah. Exactly, and uh, I kind of felt that uh, finally the the three of them got at least uh, at least more than five minutes together. So I mean, Christian Wood did look fairly comfortable with LeBron out there. I think in order for for the Lakers to get the best out of Wood and the Wood to get the best out of the Lakers, either AD or one of AD or LeBron has to be on the floor with him at all times. Um, but yeah, I would say LeBron had had a normal game back you know he's going probably going around 75 80 percent 
the offense seemed to flow when he was in there. Seemed like his old self, Gerald. Hopefully uh, we get more rest for him. Hopefully we will indeed, my friend. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do win 129 to 126 here in Vegas, playing at the T-Mobile Arena. Truly appreciate you joining us. It is the Magic Man, Sean Grice, and me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much again for watching and listening. Uh, Darren says, uh, excuse me, I'll go with Zangerstein first. That's why Max made a mistake and admitted when you run with LeBron, go directly to the basket and forget the corner threes, easy passer. Absolutely, Z, because there was a play where he was running the floor with LeBron but didn't keep on continuing to run the floor. He stopped or slowed down halfway through. LeBron threaded him a pass and unfortunately went straight out of bounds. Had he continued to go ahead and follow through, it would have led to an easy basket. And those are things he's going to learn. Max Christie did not have as great a performance as he had on Saturday. Still had some signs, had some flashes. Something where I could see where, again, it was one of six, only three points. All of his attempts were from behind the arc. I think he's got to go ahead and just you know variate his game a little bit. He just can't be chucking up from three. But your thoughts on Max Christie trying to become an integral part of this rotation? Found a way to be effective while have it, not having the best shooting knives, a plus two. His shot needs to be more consistent, Gerald. We know that. But for the mo- for that second half, he played really well. I would say this. I think he needs he, – he looked jittery and a little unsettled tonight, Gerald. That's kind of what it felt like. Like, he's really tentative. I'm not sure why. It, it seemed like he was more confident the last game. I, 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 think, I think confidence is a huge thing. With a young player, obviously, but he still he still battled. He still battled. He he tried to hit the boards, tried to box out. Uh, his def his defense was really effective right right there late in the third quarter. Um, the length that he has um, when you see him playing with Austin Reeves and and um, and uh, Demoy Hodge, you can see that uh, it's contagious. He tries to use his length as well as as much as those guys do. But yeah, it, I think this is is going to be a bit of a hurdle for Christie, uh, unless that shot's consistent. Because I would like to see him take uh, the bull by the horns, grab that backup off guard roll, and, and run with it. It's just that shot needs to be more consistent. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. 
Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. If you have a better movie in the can, why is that not the movie that you released in the first place? I would say it's more culturally relevant than The Simpsons and Rick and Morty. Like, it has become a staple of American entertainment. I think Dragon Age 4 is carrying the future of Bioware on its shoulders. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do win 129 to 126. It is the Magic Man, Sean Grice, and me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Hopefully you got a chance to go ahead and check out our coverage live as the game happened on Playback. Playback.tv slash Lakers fast break. Go ahead and give it a try and you can interact with us all game long. Plus you can hear when Joe's there and Sean's there and Laker Tom and Laker Nick were there. Uh, you know, Joe would usually, when he's there, will go ahead and curse up a storm. So if you want unfiltered Joe and unfiltered Sean, go ahead and check it out today at playback.tv. So that's fast break. Heavy Duty says, thank you, LFB, for hosting Truly the Breast. Well, thank you for being a part of what we're doing here at the Lakers Fast Break. It's up to It's because of you and everybody else out there that's watching us and listening to us that we're doing this each and every time out for the the post games and what we do here on a daily basis here at the Lakers fast break. So we are indebted to you and it's truly appreciated, but let's get into something that was a little bit back and forth on. And that was Christian Wood in the game today, Christian Wood. <laughs> I know Tom really didn't like the comments I made on playback in regards to possibly being a selfish player. They're paying him to be a certain way. They're paying him to play a certain way. The Lakers know what they're getting with him. His style is, is what he's comfortable with is not the, I'm going to go ahead and be unselfish and be passing the ball around constantly. And it's going to be, you pass me the ball. I make the shot or I take the shot. And that's what we saw today. He had a little trouble to start off with Sean, but he found a matchup with Clowney on the nets that he truly liked and enjoyed. Oh my God, Gerald! He was it was bar yeah, Gerald. There was it was not only barbecue chicken; it was like lemon pepper chicken wings, uh, all you can eat when uh, Noah Clowney was on him. If if Christian Wood played against Noah Clowney every game, he'd be All NBA. That's for sure. Um, literally thought he was the second coming of a king when he saw Noah on him. Uh, an array of spin moves, an array of power moves. It was just, uh, it was obvious he was playing against a rookie. Um, so outside of Clowney, Gerald, yeah, Woods, Woods' offensive um, repertoire was really questionable tonight. Um, lame, like lame duck three-point attempts. It, it was obvious, you know, he had a good five to seven feet of room in between all of those shots and chose not to put the ball on the deck and instead take a bad shot. I mean, I, let's put it this way. Laker Tom was complaining that the ball wasn't, you oh, know, the, every, nobody was you know, moving Laker when he Tom, had the ball. He's going to shoot the ball when you get into two minutes in the post nine times out of 10. It's just oh, that simple. It's, it's, it, Gerald, I, I think if there's something higher than nine times out of 10, he'd qualify. It's, <laughs> he it's did like, pass the ball. Remember, it, I was excited yeah, when he passed the ball. Gerald, Christian Wood is like the modern day Ronnie Cycli. He's the black hole yes. when the ball goes in the post. Excellent no pass. Reference. Excellent <laughs> reference, my friend. Excellent reference. 
Yeah. So uh, once the ball goes in the post, uh, it's. <laughs> but I will say though, uh, you know, Christian Wood is again. He could be the guy that could get us instant offense coming off the bench because it looks more and more Sean like he's not going to be part of the starting lineup. He is going to be someone that's going to be fighting for minutes coming off the bench with Jackson Hayes, who again. He was the first big man off the bench coming off of his good performance on Saturday. Your thoughts on Jackson Hayes? He did spend some time playing alongside Christian Wood, and he also spent time playing alongside Anthony Davis. Go ahead, Sean. Yeah, yes, he, yes, he did, Gerald. He looked, he looked fairly comfortable playing with both of them. Um, it was a little, it was a little bit choppy with Christian Wood, but for the most part, Gerald, he played his game. He rolled to the basket really hard. He was rewarded. He ran in transition, got a couple of buckets there. Again, he was put on switches against guards. And what does he do? Uh, Right-handed ball dribbler? Well, Jackson Hayes decides I'm going to make him go left. So, like, I think the, the, um, the point made about his lack of IQ, I think, is an exaggeration. As far as I've seen so far, I think I mean, he's he, very... he played pretty solid. He's pretty he solid. Nothing spectacular. Yeah. There was a couple times where his, you know, you saw his defensive awareness work against him. But for the most part, I liked what I saw, especially paired with somebody that's really good defensively, like Anthony Davis. Uh, it makes for a very formidable front line for, for when the Lakers have them. So taking the ball to the basket is really hard to do against those guys when they're both in there. Yeah, absolutely, Gerald. Absolutely. And, um, you know, if if Jackson Hayes can find a way to play, I don't know, anywhere from, say, four to six minutes with LeBron and AD out there, that's that's going to be really beneficial, especially with, with LeBron and his the way it taxes him now to get up for especially offensive rebounds. So if you have an attacking Jackson Hayes and AD uh, attacking the boards, that that poses a real threat to other teams, especially when LeBron gets to gets a little breather here, possession here or there, where he's not banging banging with the other six eight six ten guys. When you have got a Jackson energetic Jackson Hayes and a sound Anthony Davis on the board, so I agree. I agree as well. It's been great to having everyone here in the chat. Once again, the Lakers do win 129 to 126 here in Vegas. Hopefully everybody got a chance to go ahead and check it out. The Lakers with a very impressive first half. And that's pretty much what I'm taking out of it, Sean, because the second half, it was Austin Reeves and, you know, basically some of the guys in the back rotation. And then in the fourth quarter, it was the rookies giving up the lead. And in fact, they did get up the entire lead as far as that was in double digits for a good portion of the first half. I'm going to go ahead and say what we could take is what we need to take and what we will take is from the first half. Your thoughts on the fact that they were able to go ahead and flow so well. I'm not, I, I, I can't expect 70% from behind the arc like they shot seven and no. 10 from their first 10 shots from behind the arc. Uh, but I do see the fact that they do have more individuals out there who can put a scare into people who do require attention, which could space out the ball a little bit more and space out the, the court a little bit more for LeBron and AD. I just, 
I'm I just makes me kind of nervous to see AD out behind the three so much when he should be underneath a little bit more. Uh, abs- absolutely, Gerald. Absolutely. Um, you know, considering the fact that uh, the Nets were going with uh, a center uh, duo of uh, Speedy Claxton, uh, oh, excuse me, Nick Claxton and um, Noah Clowney. Just yeah. it- Along with the heavy dose of Ben Simmons. Yeah, at center as well. But Ben Simmons didn't play after the first half. Um, so I'm with you. Like, I don't really want to see AD living, you know, anywhere from 20 to 28 feet outside of the the basket. He should be the mid post in. That we all know this is bread and butter. Yeah, he made a made a three the other night. Made a made another couple. Come on, man. You know your game. And you know what, Gerald? If we're if we're gonna win the free throw battle like we did last year, then it's incumbent, it's imperative, it's essential. Yes. <laughs> Whatever adjective you want to use for A D to get down there and get free throws. A D finished in the top ten free throws last year. Top ten. And he and he didn't qualify for any of the awards, but he still managed to be in the top 10 in free throws. He needs to continue attacking. There's no other if, ands, or buts about it. It just needs to be consistent. Needs to be consistent. Needs to always be consistent indeed. Uh, But the Lakers, they did win 129 to 126. And the thing I want to ask you, though, when it comes to what we saw today, Jackson Hayes, again, 8.7 rebounds, 4 of 4 for shooting, Really good stuff from him. Obviously, we saw a little bit of defense in there as well. A little bit of, like I said, some defensive lapses, but uh, still, for the most part, was really solid, especially lining up with AD and a plus 12, which was most important overall. Your thoughts on more, would you like to see more Jackson Hayes as far as, you know, I don't want to say starting, let's not go that far, but would you like to see more rotation minutes with Jackson Hayes playing with LeBron and AD? Yes. Yes, I would. Uh, I think that's, that's a front court that could be very imposing physically. Um, considering the fact that, it, again, if you had Hayes and AD uh, under the basket, working the grind, and LeBron's able to free throw, excuse me, free flow on the perimeter, either on or off the ball, uh, and if he could be a roamer defensively, because we've seen. Uh, Jackson Hayes doesn't look out of place when he's left in an ISO situation on a perimeter player. So I feel very confident that if you played those three more and more, that eventually you'd hit on something. Uh, I I seriously think that they could uh, try that triumvirate with them. Uh, Two of the three, Vincent and Russell, Vincent Reeves, Reeves and D'Lo, D'Lo and... and, uh, Gabe, uh, I think a combination of that, possibly another wing, would be beneficial. I mean, it's it's a slightly bigger lineup, but again, Gerald, it's it's kind of it's kind of the best of both worlds because we avoid the pickle matrix, aka the three guard rotation. That's what I'm going to call it. I'm not going to call it the three guard rotation anymore. I will just refer to it as the pickle matrix from here on out. Uh, but yes, I think you know a combination of Hayes playing really well. And or would would help eliminate the the idea from him that he can go to that whenever he wants to. 
one of the things I'm, I'm having a polite discussion with uh, back and forth with Z Zangerstein, our, one of our most awesome individuals as part of the best Lakers chat room that's out there, Lakers Fast Break, is the concept of AD hanging out behind the arc a little bit more this season. I'm not in love with that concept. And, uh, you know, with Zangerstein saying if AD can have at least the threat of shooting a three, this will open up his driving lanes more. If I'm guarding on the other team, Sean, I'm letting him shoot all the threes that he that he wants. He's never shot more than 34% in any season that he's played. And the last three seasons have been well under 30. Would you really want to go ahead and guard him face up out there on the, on the line? Is it best I for don't... the Lakers? I mean, we always talk about LeBron chucking up seven, eight, nine threes a game being way too many. And he shoots better than AD. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the that's the pro that's the issue, Gerald. The mathematics that's... don't comply with what everybody wants to talk about there in the chat. They don't comply, that, Z. That's the flying the ointment. Uh, according yes. according according to uh, I don't care about AD's percentages on threes, Gerald. Well, do we do. Care? We do. I. It's called. <laughs> so you would rather give him and let him fly and let him shoot and miss constantly from behind the arc. Instead of passing it for around for a better shot, yeah, to no, an Austin Reeves who has a better better chance, or a D'Angelo Russell who has a better chance, or Torian Prince, Mister Forty Percent for himself. I don't know. I just I'm sorry. I don't see the logic in it as well. But you know, it's again, it's the concept of you guys always want AD to remind yourself of AD when he had that period of time. You talked about it best, Sean, when AD was shooting so well for that small period of time in the bubble key words was a small period of time in the bubble. The statistics don't bear out that he should be given five, six shots a game from behind the arc. So. Not, not at all, Gerald. As we know, that was that was a, while an important sample size because it was in the playoffs and there were live bullets and it's clutch. He old, he shot 38% once once yeah. in his career in the playoffs. Now, last year he shot 33%. Yeah. That's a little higher than his 30 per 30% career average. So yeah. I, I, I'm kind of, I understand where Z's coming from and where other uh, astute minds are coming from. Yes. If he's, if the threat is there, then it, op- it defenses have to respect that and that you have yeah, to, but he has to be constantly space. hitting that shot and he's, well, he, when you can do that consistently during the regular season. Fair enough. I think I think if he's if he's a th- fair enough. Yes, he has to be considered a threat from there, and that's why a lot of the lane was clogged last year too. Because we mm-hmm. we we like Gerald, who was a threat to shoot outside of like Reeves, like no, and well, Rui got hot in the playoffs, but those two guys we added in a Torian Prince. I still believe in Demoy Hodge, even though he had a bad shooting game tonight. I think he can. I still believe in Max Christie being and able Max to shoot Christie better. as well. So, Gerald, we just named five players there who can who are obviously better options to shoot a three than. But AD. Z wants Z wants the guy that shoots 26, 18, and twenty five percent the last three seasons from behind the arc to shoot more threes. And everybody good. talks about how LeBron James. Nobody wants LeBron James to shoot out those those deep three pointers like seven, eight times a game. 
he still statistically shoots better. I'm not saying I want LeBron to shoot that many threes from the game. I would like to see them pass it around. Let D'Angelo, let uh, Austin, let Torian, let the guys with a higher percentage of three-point makes abilities to stretch the floor for you and then being able to open up the lanes for you. That would be smarter, I think, in my opinion, as far as the way you want to do it. But then ultimately, we know, Sean, as we see in the flow of the game, each and every game, LeBron and AD are going to get their touches and get to shoot exactly whatever they want to in the flow of offense, no matter what we like or don't like, ultimately. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter, Gerald. You're right. It, it, it's it's going to – the cookie's going to crumble the way it crumbles. Um, I happen to agree with you. I think, you know, if if AD's shop, shop – so if you did a, a shot – pie chart for ad his three point should be like this it should be like this it should be like 10 to 15 percent of that pie should be three pointers the rest i could deal with two two three shots behind the arcs yeah if he's you know if you're averaging 16 17 attempts yes but then what does lebron average a game lebron Uh, averages seven to nine i think yeah he averages a lot so that's 13 possessions, up to 13, 14 possessions. You've got them shooting threes. That's not the, good. Yeah, but again, they are going to do it regardless of what they do because that's just the way the offense has been laid out. And we see AD a lot out there already. That's the way it's been planned, planned out by, by Darvin Ham. So I'm not going to be able to go ahead and win that argument one, one Miota. So again, it's just, it is what it is. That that's just, like, that's like, that's like if out. you had... That's like if you had really good don if you owned a restaurant and you had really good donaire sauce. Yeah. Again, and, you know, and then you just you just watered down the donaire sauce. So, yes. So after a, after a while, nobody's going to come to the restaurant anymore because yeah. why? I, again, they watered I, I down he, the donaire sauce. I certainly hope he can find himself, at, at, you know, to be a better shooter this season from behind the arc. It would make things a lot easier for all of us. The same thing with LeBron. So we'll definitely see. It is just a second exhibition game, so you don't want to read too much in it. But you can already see the way that Ham is laying out the offense and where he wants LeBron and AD or where LeBron and AD want to get their touches. So that's something similar to what we've seen the past few seasons. Whether or not it will be more effective, we'll wait and see. But the fact is now the Lakers, with the kind of depth that they have, Sean, they don't have to go ahead and do feel like everything is on them. They have outlet shooters they can pass to. D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves, who's starting. This time last year, he was not a starter. Now he's a starter and really a great part of the offense, shooting for you know four of six from behind the arc. D'Angelo Russell, four of five from behind the arc. Torian Prince, three of five from behind the arc. If something we're going to go in and integrate more into the offense, the three-pointer, it's clear, Sean, that we're going to do, unfortunately, a little less running, a little less transition. We're going to see more threes put up. The percentage... It cannot stay at 25th overall in the NBA. We have to move it up somewhere near the top 15. Your thoughts on what we could do, and I think we can do, it's just that the other guys have to be able to give in the opportunity to shoot more, and I think that can it can get done. Oh, I agree, Gerald. Tonight was a pretty good example. They shot 20 of 55 from the field. That was uh, 36%, I believe. 55 of their 98 shot attempts are for three. So that's like 56, 
of your shot selection from beyond the arc. I think if they're they can make them like that at that rate, they won't be twenty fifth for long. They'll probably be in the middle of the uh, the field. It's um, funny because Zangerstein says I don't get when people limit their players. AD stroke has been good, but in twenty twenty one. Because AD got bad, they already limit him to not shooting. AD needs variance. Well, AD's gotten a little bit of variance the past three seasons, not shot above 26%. So you tell me, Zangerstein, when I feel I'm concerned about AD stroke from behind the arc and whether he's shooting it too much or where we see, we'll see he will shoot it too much, that's a concern I have. The same thing I have for LeBron. Right, Sean? I mean, if you want AD and LeBron shooting from behind the arc, you at least want him to hit at somewhat of an efficient clip as close to as possible as 35%. I'm not asking for 38 or 40% from them. I'm asking for just 35% from them. With that, is that too much to ask? If that's the case, they can take as many or should take as many shots as they want. Yeah, no, no, I think that's fair, Gerald. But uh, I mean, it, it's uh, the the off, like you said, we, we're going to sacrifice tr- uh, a lot of, paint opportunities in transition for transition threes for transition threes that's right so at best you know you're looking at making you know anywhere from 35 to 43 percent of those opportunities gerald Uh, i don't want to well hold on zanger signs saying he shot only one and a half per game last year two seasons three seasons ago 2021 he, he shot twenty six percent, and he shot three three shots three a game. A game, yeah. He took three shots a game, so he did what you needed to, to him to do. He did what you asked Zangerstein, and he couldn't get it done. Then let's hope he he has found a stroke, and let's hope he has been able to go ahead and develop that stroke to the point where it's at least above thirty percent. You know, again, if he's taking three shots a game like he did three seasons ago and only shooting twenty six percent, that's not a good sign. If that's you're making one out of three, we can live with that. Yeah. We can live absolutely. with that. Yeah, yeah we absolutely. can live with that. Mm-hmm. Alan says LeBron can't can't chuck those threes and shoot 35%. He needs to take smarter threes. That's all we're asking from AD as well. Take smarter threes. Know exactly how good of a shooter you are. And if there are other shooters open, like Torian Prince, like Austin Reeves, like uh, D'Angelo Russell, because it, it it's clear, Sean, that this that this offense is now more three point oriented now than ever. If that's the way they're going to go, Sean, then they obviously have to go ahead and try to incorporate those shooters as best they can. Add Gerald, and we're talking about versatility, right? So if you had a if you had a lineup of just like as as an example, just you know, D'Lo, uh, Gabe Vincent, you had LeBron, AD, and Jackson Hayes. Well, in a transition opportunity, everybody knows the scouting report on Jackson Hayes. He's going to run like a bullet train straight through to the bucket. So that's going to have that's going to leave opportunities if AD's playing for transition opportunities in three. He made one tonight. That's where I think that it could be advantageous, Gerald. Uh, I would. It's a preseason, so I'm hoping that. They I would use. Go ahead and work I, it out I would. And, and I would that. use. I would use a different word to describe, uh, like LeBron and AD's mm-hmm. uh, uh, three-point shot selection. It's opportunistic. Mm-hmm. But sometimes being opportunistic also means understanding your limitations and allowing somebody else 
who's better at what you're trying to do thrive in the, in their role. That's what they it, did with Tory and Prince tonight. LeBron and, passed it to Prince. Rui passed it to Prince. No. Why are they passing it to Prince? Because they know Tory and Prince is a better shooter than they are. And I will tell you this, though, Magic, it is the preseason. This is the time to work on your game. So we should see LeBron and AD trying to go ahead and, and put up a lot of threes, which is fine. But I have a feeling that they will go ahead and translate that, whether it's good or bad on their end, into the season. This offense is now, again, you see it more spread out. You see it more three-point oriented. You see the advent, advent of Christian Wood, and he even took a lot of threes. Max Christie took a lot of threes. The team as a whole is going to increase the number of threes. It's clear. It's evident that they're going to change their style a little bit. Hopefully, again, you can get it to the constantly the good shooters on the team to increase your percentages. And if AD and LeBron can increase their percentages just even by a little, that helps out the Lakers so much. It does. It does. It just And it's just a little uptick. You're not asking for a big jump, just a small little increase. Um well, Alfred is a point of contention for them because they finished 25th. So I, I, in the conversations that they had, and it was clear in the offense today here in Vegas and also in Golden State, that the three-point shot is for them a priority on improving this season. That's something that they're working on. Whether or not they will still continue to shoot as many as they did during the preseason, that remains to be seen. But they're chucking up more threes than they did this time last season, Sean. Yeah, absolutely. Well, absolutely, Gerald. Since the first two games, we should I think yeah. we shot something ridiculous, like 44, 45 threes in yes. those first two games. And uh, we will never mention it again, Gerald, because it was just a horror show. Uh, but yeah, like it, last season was very, very like selective about how many threes you're shooting. We yes. saw it the year before. We shot ourselves out of games. Because we're going to make them. Uh, and last year was a different different story. Um, I think Cam was, was a little bit more selective, more deliberate with how we wanted to attack the the, uh, uh, the offense with the three-pointer. I, I, and again, Gerald, we've talked about it, and you've illustrated it perfectly tonight. It's The offense has changed a little bit. You're going to sacrifice – Somewhat in trans, uh, somewhat in transition in the paint, to have a better three-point shooting team in transition and in the half court. So the half court, if that if the half court offense is better, because we had to sacrifice points in the paint for more shots from the outside, so be it. I'll live with that because that means that at least there's a there's a threat and a respect factor with the Lakers half-court defense, that you have to respect their shooting. That would change a series immensely against a big team. Once again, it is the Lakers' fast break. The Lakers did win 129-126 to 126 here in Vegas. It is the Magic Man, Sean Grice, along with me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much again for watching and listening. Truly appreciate it. Don't forget, we will be back on Playback.tv, South Lakers' fast break, at 7 p.m. on Wednesday. The Lakers are going to go ahead and play another exhibition games hopefully you will join us for that also as well the post game show the best lakers post game show that's around there of course is the lakers fast break i noticed that one of our competition uh, recently announced they're doing a post post game 
post 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 game like the late 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 show and all that stuff that's going on there i guess they want to compete with some of the channels that go long on their their post game shows like us so how about that my friend people have taken notice for us and it's truly appreciated that everybody out there gets a chance to go ahead and watch us here at the lakers fast break but i want to talk a little bit about the defense when you're talking about the number of shots that we're talking about from behind the arc Today, you saw it, a lot of transition back and forth between both teams, a lot more of the rate, the, you know, that's basically the number of times that the Lakers had the ball, the number of times the Nets had the ball. It led to a situation where the Lakers did get 75 points in the first half and looked really good doing it. But also as well, it also led to, a, as far as even though it was a double-digit lead, 61 points giving up as far as to the Nets. Again, the number of, if you're just basically going ahead and taking so many shots, especially from the outside, a lot of transition. You're going to get a lot of that. Your thoughts on the defense for today in that first half, my friend. You know, Joe, surprisingly, they missed uh, the Nets missed Cam Johnson tonight, and they still scored 61 points yeah. um, in the first half. So normally their spacing is a lot better than it was tonight, and they still managed to score 61. That's a little bit of a concern. Um the 75 is great, but how many times is this team going to be on a heater and be able to score 75 points in the first half? It's not going to happen a lot. I don't yeah. think so. So, no. Well, I still think the league is head trending towards an offensive game, so I do think you're going to see even higher scoring than even what you did last year, which is right. what, one of the highest, uh, what Sacramento's uh, the highest, best offense uh, rating, right. out, rating out there for any other team in history. So even with the old days with the Denver Nuggets, you know, that didn't <laughs> outdo them. So yeah. that tells you what it is and where it is right now with a three-point shot. So I think that you are going to see a lot more of that going forward, Sean. I do I, think I, you will see an increase in scoring for the Lakers. Yeah, absolutely, Gerald. Um, I thought the, I, I thought at times the, the breakdowns uh, led to just too, too many easy opportunities down low for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I still... Gerald, I'm still seeing an issue here where if you look at when a shot goes up, there's usually only, I don't know why, but there seems to be only two to three Lakers uh, below the free throw line when that shot goes up. you got to be able to really get in there and corral that because I, I just felt like we gave up way too many second chance opportunities again. And, you know, that's that's going to kill us. That's going to kill it. It's one of the reasons why we didn't end up in the finals. You can't allow second and third opportunities. And, Gerald, we did have our young guys playing on the floor. But as you said, you can't play 20 seconds of great defense in the NBA. You have to be able to play 24. Absolutely. So it's, it's, great, it's great that in that 20-second span, they were out scrambling. They managed to recommunicate, get back to their assignments, or everybody was on a man. But that last four seconds, as Gerald uh, illuminated to everybody on playback, that's that's gotta that's gotta be cleaned up. One of the things I want to ask you though is about a guy who's actually played well in both appearances so far, D'Angelo Russell, and he was mentioned just recently in the chat. A uh, big shout out for the mention for D'Lo, Adam Hurley. Truly appreciate your suggesting that. Something we don't want to forget is D'Angelo Russell, and it's kind of a back and forth. I'm not ever going to go ahead and question D'Angelo Russell as far as uh, you know his ability to shoot. Uh, it's just 
what kind of DeAndre Russell are you going to get in the playoffs? Do you think he's going to be able to cut it out for you there? Do you think there's any defensive deficiencies that are going to prevent him from being that? I think he's a solid 15 points, seven assist player. I do think this is a very pivotal season going into a contract year that, that he needs to produce and produce well. But the thing outside of the 15 points and six assists that came that he got today, uh, as well, you know, just basically really solid game. 14 points. I'm sorry, 14 points, six assists, four or five from behind the arc, five to eight overall, is the fact two steals as well. It's a fact plus 10, something that he couldn't do very well, or actually he wasn't very well at Minnesota. He was actually a minus for the times he was on the floor. He was a negative. No matter how well he shot 40% from behind the arc in Minnesota, it just didn't seem to click overall, whichever lineup they had on the floor around him. This could be a different story here this season for D'Angelo, and I'm hoping that's the case, Sean. Yeah, absolutely, Gerald. Um, I've noticed an improvement in his defense, um, and it's small but can be – fairly significant in the playoffs when a guard is trying to attack him above the break now if you watch Delo's got his head on a swivel he's looking back and forth and he's communicating he's trying to pay attention to what's going on around him Gerald and he's actually using his length at the same time it's uh it, it you know we uh, these guys get paid a lot of money and they get critiqued ad nauseum we also need to point out when they've improved themselves and when they're trying to be a better team player. And he's trying to be a better team player defensively. He's using his length. He's paying attention to rotations. It's a lot crisper now. It looks a lot crisper, and he does as well. Now, Gerald, when we get into the playoffs, the coaching gets better. That means the scouting gets better. And that means that there's going to be schemes where teams play him off the floor. And that's just a fact. Uh, you know, Gerald and Tom went, we're going at it pretty good on playback. Uh, Gerald. There was all Gerald, no way. That is not even, that's one of our most mild, mild conversations. Yeah. You but, have been party to a much more loud. Yeah, he's called yes. me an idiot on more than yes, one occasion. Yes, 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 he has yes, yelled at me. I know. Yes, he's I done know. Clint Eastwood yeah. sitting out there in the middle of the lawn yelling at people. He's done that to me on more than one occasion, my friend. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. There was his bass didn't the bass in his voice didn't go up so loud, but it was that's correct. Oh, yeah. Almost sounds like a pirate. Yeah, it wasn't contentious or anything, but it was no, a, no. It, it was it was it was a mild it was a mild disagreement. But I, in the end, I happen to agree with Gerald more than agree with Tom. I think D'Angelo Russell at twenty eight is what he is at this point. Um, but again, I Christian I, Wood at twenty eight yeah, is, is what he what is. He is, at this is point. Yeah, uh, I, and I'm not trying. And most people say, "Oh well, you know, it is what it is." That's more of a like a pejorative, a negativism. But I'm you have try- to try and work around that to utilize exactly. your best traits. Exactly. And th- and that's what I think um, Darvin Ham and the coaching staff is really trying to do with D'Lo. And he's looked really good, really comfortable on both ends in both games. And that's good to see. I'm just saying I think there's – I think Gabe Vincent is insurance because I think there are schemes where, where D'Lo just is going to be played off the floor. But, you know, don't everybody just wants to just automatically put them up for sale. 
uh, with that contract for for an upgrade. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm not saying I want to trade him right away or trade him at all. I just want to see how it works out. But again, you got to know what D'Angelo is at this point in time in his career, and are you comfortable with it, and can you work around it to utilize his skills the best? That's my contention. Well, That's my, a, you know, whether yeah. or not you play him in the playoffs, you keep him for the playoffs or not. I would also also remind people there's a, there's an old phrase and it was a pretty decent song by Joni Mitchell. Doesn't it always seem to go that you don't know what you got till it's gone? And yeah. D'Lo is a very effective player. I'm sure everybody uh, remembers the uh, Alex Caruso THD saga. Everybody was, you know, labored about this and that. Eventually, it fell. Everyone thought. Cruiser should stay. That's not the way the the ball bounced in this instance. I think you know, um, don't don't go looking for trouble here. I mean, I, right now it looks like everybody's having fun, Gerald, yeah. and they're enjoying playing with each other, which is absolutely, which is basically, uh, you know, almost almost as important as the talent on the floor is the ability of these guys to have joy playing with one another. And so, there's still some working out to do. I mean, we saw there were some lineups that really didn't mesh very well, even no. in the first half, and we saw that clearly. But again, when it comes to having LeBron and AD, I think that's what the, one of the great points is that they're so comfortable with what they're doing. Everybody just plays around them and utilizes their strengths. But also as well, what Z was saying, you know, you're comfortable with uh, Z was comfortable with them taking more threes. They only took 31. To give you a difference, they took 55 today. Their average was 31 last year. So obviously, that's going to be a point of emphasis for them. As long as you're accentuating and getting most of those shots to the people who statistically are doing it the best, that really makes for something worthwhile, and I think that could really improve the offense even more. Yeah, absolutely, Gerald. Absolutely. And it, it's it's it, it be selective. You know, when, when you have quality you could be selective so i think they've they've got enough talent and they've got enough schematics and they've got enough know-how to combine that into finding a nice balance between dribble driving kickouts versus transition opportunities you have shooters you have you have dribble drive players as well and sometimes you have both in austin reeves and uh lebron So there's a lot of there's going to be a lot of like we talk about the hybrids on the roster. I think there's going to be a lot of hybrid offense this year as well, Gerald, um, because it's going to be a selective game because there are going to be times when they shoot 20 of 55 or 25 of, of 55. But if you're getting into that rhythm where, you know, we start out the game shooting three of 16, Gerald, we've seen this before. At the end of the game, you see Lakers shoot 7 of 35 from 3, and they end up losing by by 6 to 8 points because of bad shot selection. They were still in a game because they have the talent. So hopefully, you know, again, as you said, those 13 possessions that LeBron and AD didn't effectively manufacture points, those are huge. Those are huge, especially in the playoffs. That can that can be the difference between not just a, a not just a win in a series, a series win. Thirteen possessions can swing a series. 
We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is the Magic Man, Sean Grice, along with me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching this. The Lakers, hey, they rolled a good pair of dice. They got a good hand there at the tables because they won here in Vegas, 129 to 126. Truly appreciate everyone joining us. Don't forget, again, we will be back on playback on Wednesday as the Lakers go ahead, are back in action. So go ahead and join us then, 7 p.m. Playback.tv, so it's Lakers Fast Break. And, of course, the best post game that's around is right here at the Lakers Fast Break. I'm sure we'll come up with something good for tomorrow, and we'll go ahead and schedule out for tomorrow as well because you know we're here each and every day right here for you at the Lakers Fast Break. But, my friend, uh, before we head on out, uh, I do want to go ahead and note a couple other good performances for the game as well. Again, I mentioned we mentioned Torian Prince. That could be something that we need to keep an eye on for the future, how well it gels in the offense. One of the things I want to mention was Maxwell Lewis with his best game as a Laker, summer league or here by far and away. And this is a kid who had three, count them, three donuts in summer league, my friend. Your thoughts on Maxwell Lewis, obviously a couple of highlight jams in the mix, but the fact is he did a little bit, uh, hustled really hard on defense, got some turnovers, put his hand in there a couple of times, got some steals. Your thoughts on Maxwell Lewis and if he could be something that down the road maybe be something that the Lakers could utilize going forward. Played smart tonight. Used his length defensively, was sharp on rotations. Yeah, he... He almost got beat a couple times really badly, but that's going to happen. This is the NBA. Great player, great players embarrass other great players at times. Offensively, Gerald, I thought he, I thought he eased into the game. He got open three-point shots that he was mm-hmm. confident in his rhythm. Made him in transition. Uh, Gerald, we'll see what the future holds, but I really love uh, Hodge and Maxwell Lewis on the perimeter together defensively. They're really long. They're both really smart. Both of Maxwell Lewis's uh, dunks in transition were either off a uh, Demoyage block or Demoyage steal, and uh, they played really well off of one another. And uh, it was really great to see for Max because ultimately, who knows? Well, hello. What's going on, guys? I'll get you here in a second, but go ahead and finish up, Magic Man. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, I, like, I who knows what the future holds, but it was a really great overall game for Lewis. It it showcased what he could do offensively and defensively. And by the way, before 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 uh, I, I, I... I will I'm tell Darren, he was the one doing the windmill dunk. 
in the fourth quarter. That windmill yeah, dunk was very nice. Uh, yeah. It wasn't it wasn't Kobe good, but it was decent. I, I will say this, Gerald. Also, uh, a shot in the arm to the young fellows. Yeah, they did give up the ghost. The entire lead. Yeah, they gave up the but, ghost, but they they stood they stood tall, and yeah. the five rookies finished the game off strong, and they won. And that's a great confidence builder for all of those kids. Well, I will talk about JHS here in a second with you, but here today, good man indeed. He is in the darkness, but still here. Insert your own just oh, joke man. there. You gotta, pour, as, you gotta pour it on. Yeah, well, you know, I could talk about the Dodgers, but need I digress? It is the guy behind Ox1947 at LakersBall.com. It is Joe Sorrow, and Joe, great to have you here. Apologies for the Dodgers, unfortunately choking another loss out of a victory again unfortunately they're down 0-2 but when it comes to the lakers a 129 to 126 performance your thoughts on lebron coming back into action for his first action of the exhibition season i i didn't see the game until the end i just had too many between the monday night game and the dodger game i just couldn't and where i was i just couldn't uh no one cares about the Lakers over here where I'm at. So, but <laughs> certainly care about them over here. Yeah. It's, I tried to figure out a way to maybe get a chance to catch the game, but I just couldn't. All I know is, uh, D'Angelo Russell played well beginning, uh, AD, obviously they were rocking and rolling pretty well at the beginning. And then once they sat the uh, starters, then that's when the competition started getting a little bit tighter. And then obviously the Lakers won. Yeah, we our young kids almost Mario Cristobal themselves. Almost, uh, almost. almost. It's not. It's. I, I think the 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 one thing that's gonna stick with me here the for this season, and it's not gonna be relevant to this year. Maybe not even next year. But I I just I had a bad feeling that not picking Whitmore was 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 not was gonna. I don't know. I'm just. I, it, it's still kind of lingers and seeing JHS and this is after we heard some BS that he played amazing at practice or some bull crap. And I'm like, you know, I'm already in a weird mood today right now. And I feel like since I've been visiting some friends and hanging out with people that I haven't seen in a while who know me, I guess what's changed is usually the question that, that they ask. And I said, well, I, I gotta be honest. It's not about world issues or politics or anything. It's the fact that everyone's full of and liars. I know they're lying. I have, I have sat in God knows how many different scenarios the last few years, totally knowing someone's full of garbage and just sitting there and listening to them talk. And it seems like it's happening more and more everywhere we go. And, there's this mask that that surrounds it with positivity, optimism. You can stick your positivity and your optimism up your ass. If you're not telling me the truth, it means nothing. So, at the end of the day, the Lakers did something tonight that matters, which is their players, the ones that are going to be in it, showed that they are ready to play. They were playing basketball the way they should. And the ones who came in after, there, there's a reason why 
their bench guys and guys that are sitting 10, 11, and 12. So can you stop BSing me about stuff, please? Can 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 you all just tell us the truth, accept what is, instead of trying to make things that are not something? And that's all I ask. That's all I ask for uh, from people. You know, I, I, we have to be around people, right? We have to do this. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to not keep it. I'm not trying to make it too personal, too, per, you know, real life stuff. It, it all intertwines to kind of what we talked about with the Lakers and what they did. And again, I, I didn't get a lot. I didn't. I, I only got a chance to see really the end. I, I did see it in spurts when I was changing channels or whatever, as, as as close as I could. But I just could not. I could not really focus on what was going on, really. But the game came out. I was I was happy that the game went the way it did at the beginning because I just want to know that those guys are are healthy and ready to go. And they, they showed it, guys like AD, guys like LeBron, Austin, D'Angelo Russell, uh, Rui Achimura. Uh, they, they showed what why they got their money and why they're the stars. And really, at the end of the day, guys, once this thing is done, we're going to get ready to watch them play um, the, the real games, and that's, that's, that's going to be the, the, the results. That's when we're going to really know the results. And as far as, the Dodgers, that... as far as the oh, Dodgers, go I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this out here. Of course, the Dodgers play. The Dodgers are the antithesis of who I am, and it, and it, and it's it's sad, isn't it? It's sad that I've been a Dodger fan my whole life, yet everything they do is exactly the opposite of what I believe in. Um, I believe in, and it, you you don't want to. For those of you who pay attention to baseball. Have you guys noticed what happened in Texas in the last seven months when they got someone who actually knows how to manage? Because they were paying all these guys billions of dollars the last few years, and then all of a sudden, you know, and they were losing in 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 like in in spectacular fashion the entire regular season. All of a sudden, they bring someone that actually knows how to manage and knows how to maybe inspire a little. And look what's happened. But for some reason, I guess the motto of madness, madness is the definition of someone doing something over, over and over again and expecting a different result. That's, you, if you compete and, and, you, and you lose, you know the difference. We talked about this with other things in football. If you compete and you lose, it's one thing. It's like the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills competed when they lost their four Super Bowls. They tried their rear ends off, and they just they ran into three of the best football teams I'd seen in my life those years, right? And the first one, they had a chance to win, obviously, and the Giants were still good, too, by the way. But point is, I just, I can't, I cannot listen to nonsense. And if there's anything that's going to, continue here as we watch the Lakers and commentate on it and, and, and create content on it. I'm going to be, I'm going to give you guys a little bit of a preface here or a preamble. If I start sensing BS, I'm going to hit it hard this time. Don't lie to me. Don't tell me something. I know it's not true because you want to make yourself feel better. You want to make the room feel better. 
F your room, F your mentality. If they're doing something wrong, say it. If they're not doing something wrong and they're doing something right, use the same enthusiasm the same way. The same way. That's how you're supposed to do it. So if the Lakers go 33-0 and to start the season, you're not going to see, oh, my God, what else can we improve on? I'll be like, man, they're whooping everyone's ass, and it's fun to watch. But if they're putting all this BS, hey, this guy played great, and then all of a sudden you see him when it matters somewhat, and he looks like dog crap, I'm not going to have any – I'm not going to have a lot of respect for you. Stop lying to these guys. Watch the last dance. If you guys want to learn how to run a team, that's how you do it. That's how you inspire. You know who Bill Wennington is. You know who Luke Longley is. You would have never known who those guys were unless it was for greatness. So just know the difference. Steve Kerr is another guy. So it's just, you know, I'm ready for, for, for I'm ready for basketball. Football's, you guys kind of know where I stand there. I'm not going to repeat it. Baseball's a, I don't even know why they even have a regular season anymore. They just, they should just have a, a 20 game regular season and they just play playoffs. And then we can kind of get on with our lives with baseball. Um, but basketball, I'm, I'm, you know, I have to say with what Milwaukee has done with what the Celtics have done with the Lakers doing what they're doing and Denver being the champs, I, I think we at, we're in for a treat here, uh, in terms of the NBA season. I just hope that, you know, we don't have any major injuries or anything like that. So we can see it through. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. It is Joe Sorrell, Magic Man, Sean Grice, and me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. It's truly appreciated. The Lakers did win 129 to 126 here in Vegas. Again, truly appreciate everybody there checking us out. Don't forget, playback.tv slash Lakers fast break will be live once again for the Lakers next game on Wednesday. So go ahead and check it out at 7 p.m. Pacific. Looking forward to a big group out there checking out with me and Magic Man. Hopefully, Laker Nick will be there. He was an awesome part of our coverage. Laker Tom, hopefully he'll join us again. That was awesome to have him there throughout. But Magic Man, one of the things I didn't like when I was watching the game was another poor performance from Jalen hood Shafinos. The Lakers' first-round draft pick has yet to have a truly positive performance in any of the games that we've seen. I mean, there's been maybe a couple bright lights here and there but for the most part he's had no real standout game that he can go ahead and bank on so far this summer and this offseason going into the exhibition season and going into a season where most likely he'll have to play a lot in the g league in order to develop your thoughts on jhs and where he stands right now because we heard so much in training camp he's the mvp of this day in training camp Oh, I'm really a big fan of JHS was, you know, what AD was saying and others were saying there. I still don't see what they were looking at because all I see is the product out there on the court. And right now it ain't so good. No, Gerald, Mike Trudell needs some goddamn LASIK surgery. If he <laughs> thought that JHS had turned a corner. And a brain transplant. <laughs> and uh, Yeah. Um, you know, it, he can't get into a rhythm right now the game's too fast for him gerald it feel it, you know what it feels like it feels like he should have a brain with a browser with about like eight to ten tabs and it feels like he's 
got like 50 tabs open. Very jittery. Oftentimes, I think he, he gets overexcited because uh, we saw tonight he had an angle for an easy layup. It was it was money. As Gerald noted, instead of actually going up, he turned the corner and bounced past Tutorian Prince, who had to take a really badly contested three. That's that's not the way a point guard is supposed to run an offense, Gerald. His 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 post passing is needs work, man. It's bad. It's bad. Whether he's, and he's not a good shooter at all or anything close to it. So not right now he's not. Hard for he him needs, to go ahead and develop. He needs serious time in the G League where he can run a team and understand the basics because if Gerald, if you don't have the basics down, how can we move forward from that? That's your foundation. And you know, I get it. Like he forces two turnovers. That might look pretty good, but it he did he wasn't running a consistent offense. It looked very disjointed. He looked disjointed out there. Well, and it's Zane not said, fair for him too, by the way. It's not fair to him. Look, look I'm not expecting him to be a star, guys. I'm, no, I'm hoping no I'm one not is. coming off that way. Okay. But my my gripe is stop lying to us. Just say he needs to develop. Please. We're not stupid. We had Stone Cold Hansen who watched 80 hours a day of film for how many years? We're not getting this information in the air like all the commentators on on TV. We actually have someone, had someone who actually put in the work that we relied on for that information. And it's credible. He's got the receipts. He knows what he's talking about. Why? Why are you doing this? You're going to make it worse. You're probably making it worse doing that because it looks like it's a confidence issue. That's the worst thing you can have in the NBA, especially in the NBA. You cannot hide anywhere when you don't have confidence in the NBA. There's only five guys on the court, okay? You could get away with it if you're on the offensive line. The tackle, the center could kind of help you out a little bit, right? There is no th- there is no such a thing like that in the NBA. So if you guys are trying to build this kid's confidence, you're not doing it right. Just let him develop if he has potential to become something and again the gripe is stop stop wasting our time with the bs okay yeah we exactly yeah 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 no he's playing bad say he's playing bad and he needs time to work and he needs to develop his decision making him out there his decision making is poor and yeah i I would challenge trudell or anybody else show show me where it's not show me where it's not because show me all summer long where he's played extensively for five minute stretch where he's really played well on both sides of the ball because we saw he gets beaten quite a bit off the dribble he gets beaten quite a bit face to face as far as an isolation he he the only thing he i've seen him do well at all is when he drives to the basket he's able to move his hands in such a way where he gets fouled and he's able to go to the line but outside of that, you see he has some instincts, but it's just not able to fully execute. There's just a lot of work that needs and to be Gerald, done for KHS. Gerald, it's I just think that simple. We're not trying to bash the kid. It's no. coming off as such. But again, he's a rookie. He needs a lot of development. And anybody who thought he was going to be able to be a part of the rotation now is just kidding themselves at this point. Yeah, he's, he, uh, you know, a, a, a big problem is he's telegraphing a lot of his, a lot of his passes uh, look, 
people could say what they want about defense in the NBA. Guys read scouting reports. They're long enough. They're smart enough. They understand how to play passing lanes. He's got to get better in several different aspects. And Joe's right. We're not ask. We're not asking him to be a world beater and set the world on fire. That's the thing is, can he eventually he be a good part of the rotation, Joe? We don't see that yet. That's the thing. We don't see that. But then again, maybe a year down in the G League where he's just constantly working on his game, maybe that can change, Joe. There, there are two reasons why this was a bad move. Number one, you already have two players that play like that. You didn't need a third. You need... You have Austin Reeves and you have D'Angelo Russell that have a similar game. That I, I don't, I, I didn't understand that move from that aspect, unless they think that they're going to get rid of D'Lo or whatever. I don't know. I, it didn't make sense. Okay. And the second thing, which is really the first thing, which was, you cannot ever, ever, not draft best player available, even especially in the teens. If you're afraid in the top five, I can get it a little. I can understand it. But you cannot do it that late in the draft, even if it's in the first round, because this is an athletic, next-level athlete business. And what better way to have someone who can be athletic with a team and can score than a team that's championship worthy because that guy doesn't have to develop as quickly as a guy who's not athletic and can't score you see the difference that athleticism can be used because you have the great the greatest players of of this era playing there's not going to be a lot of attention to that guy or at least not enough because you're gonna sell yourself short as a team because you have, to, you have to play the other guys that are that are great. And that's that's what stuck with me because I feel like the Lakers had a chance to get somebody that could have really helped them this year. And all I cared about since the season ended, which is why for the first time in a long time I was anxious for the season to start up because usually when the Lakers would lose, I would be burnt out. I'm like, good, I don't have to watch a Laker game until the end of time right? Or at least for six months. This was the first time in a long time where the, as soon as that, that, that clock went zero in the Denver game, I'm like, man, I are, I'm already wanting to watch Lakers again. And because I, 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 I felt it. I felt, man, they ran out of gas. Damn it. They ran out of gas. Let's, let's, let's get this thing going. Sean, you like this because it's a history thing. Jack Lambert, 1976, Arguably the greatest defense that that because they didn't win a championship that year. Arguably the greatest defense that ever played in the NFL. Uh, I know there's room for the uh, the Ravens in 2000. Obviously the Bears in '85, uh, Bucks in '02. I get that. You know everybody has their own opinion. That's fine. But the '76 team. No, you're when, right. After they started, you're right? Yeah, after they started one and four, ran the table and had five shutouts. They allowed, I think it was. 28 points. It might. It, I, I don't think it's that number, but it was like it was just ridiculously just nasty. Okay, that's nine games. They played 14 games in '76. 
nine games and they had five shutouts, right? And then they went in, played Baltimore, which they were with Burt Jones, who was like really good. Just imagine kind of like Drew Brees uh, in, the, in his prime. That's who Burt Jones was at the time. And smoked them. And then they met the Raiders in the AFC title game. Blyer and Franco Harris both got injured. And at that time, when you lost your running back, you pretty much were toast. And then they got shellacked by the Raiders, which that 76 team was actually the best Raider team uh, in their history. At least Beat my the Steelers 24-7. Yes. Now, Jack Lambert was interviewed after. He said it was the most devastating loss he ever had. But he said, man, give me a six-pack. And let's try it again. That's how I felt after they <laughs> lost to, to Denver. And, of course, the Steelers went on to win. They didn't win the next year, but they ended up winning two more Super Bowls in 70 and 79. And we're in that mode now of winning, guys. We, we have LeBron at, at, at an end here. I, I, I got, God bless him. I hope he can play five more years, and it's with the Lakers, and he's productive. But I'm trying to be realistic here. It, the NBA, it could, it could change in a second, right? Um. But I'm thinking now, and whatever's going on right now in training camp with the young guys, I hope they, I hope some of them come out of the, the gate with some surprising play, but I don't care. He I looks good, but right he looked now. like he was cruising. He looked like he was in exhibition mode, to uh, be honest with you. But he did look healthy. He did look athletic. He did look like he had a little bit of pop today, but – he did look like at times he was cruising through the game and you could just tell, uh, you know, especially on the defensive end, which is again, what LeBron does to save his minutes, Joe. Uh, I do want to mention though, uh, Maxwell Lewis again, one more time, Sean, I know uh, Z said a good thing. They got Maxwell Lewis. The guy's going to be ready in a year. He was the main guy in Pepperdine, but based on what I saw, he already adjusted his game to be a legit role player. Well, today it was by far his his best game with 10 points and obviously those two highlighted dunks. Magic Man, uh, I don't agree with Z uh, again on this issue because, uh, you know, up until today, he had been kind of very sketchy. And at times we commented during Summer League, he looked like a deer caught in the headlights with three, count them, three scoreless games in Summer League. He looked ex- just extensively better today than any time at all in the summer. So I'm hoping he could take this as confidence going forward. Yeah, Gerald, you know, maybe, maybe uh, Max is the anti Caleb Swinigan where uh, he gets all his bad play out in the summer league and uh, becomes a very good role player rather than Caleb Swinigan, whose best days came and went in a quick summer league. Uh, by the way, Caleb Swanigan was a first uh, all-rookie summer league, and Kyle Kuzma was a second. We all know how that turned out. Yes, yes, we do. Indeed. So, yeah, I'm honestly, Gerald, I don't know what to make of Maxwell Lewis right now. I think he's still a wild card. I won't yeah. go as far as to say that he's uh, he needs time in the G League because it didn't look like that tonight. However, I'm not ready to go ahead and just... I would say he needs time. He needs, he needs time. time in the G- if this is yes. the best he's going to look, he needs time, he needs time in the, time G, in the League. G League. Yes. yes. To repeat is... again. <laughs> right. But... Because seriously, again, what can he actually again, get as far as minutes but, on this team? But again, what we were saying, like as we were, as we were watching him, he has the outline of a very good basketball player. He does. He does. He's 6'6". I don't think he's 6'7". He's 6'6". I saw him standing next to 
JHS. They're about the JHS same height. JHS looked taller than him. He did look taller than him. Yeah, but they're he, Lewis is listed at six seven. JHS is six six. But you take for that for what yeah, it's worth. What it's worth. But yeah, he's, he's long. He's lean. Um, very active defensively, Gerald. We saw the good instincts tonight. Um, he lost. Sometimes he got lost in the scramble. And he managed to find his assignment again. Um, really overall good effort. Um, didn't look lost at all. Um, but as Gerald said, and I agree, uh, if this is the best he's going to look, which was fine. It was good. He had an excellent game. Yeah. It just It's not good enough yet for the, NBA, for the rigors of the NBA. As he has a rotation player now, that doesn't mean he can't be one of the future. That doesn't mean JHS can't be one of the future. These are rookies. These are kids. Colin Castleton, he looked great to start off with in summer league. Joe has kind of been sketchy ever since. Uh, today, he did hit a clutch basket down the stretch, but until that point, it was kind of uh, kind of rough around the edges, especially on the defensive end, because he doesn't really give you that much on the defensive end. Uh, but with Demoy Hodge, he, you know, up until today's game, he has been a spark plug for the team with everybody clamoring for him to play more. Uh, but today he just didn't have it as far as from the outside shot. But again, these, these are kids. They need to be patient. We need to see them develop. They need time. They need touches. They need reps in the G League. And hopefully they'll get just that, Joe. I think Castleton has immense potential to be a rotational player. No doubt. There's certain footwork that he already possesses. Interior passing is really good. And even in this day and age where the big man isn't needed to post and kind of work the block, it is still an important aspect, especially if you have a good team around him. I think I'm very excited for Castleton. I think, I think there's a lot of good things that could come from there. As far as Hodge, uh, if he, if he, hits shots like he did in summer league in his career. If he's a good shooter, he'll have a career where I don't know. I don't know if he'll be a Laker, but if he's a shot maker, he will have a career because that's what this league is. It's shot making. It doesn't matter the size. doesn't matter where, where you're from, went to college, you came out of high school. It doesn't matter. It, it, it's, it's a shot making league. And if he can continue to improve there, he's going to, he's going to have a career. But Castleton is someone I'm going to be watching. I, I just He's going to need a, a year or two to really develop, and I think the Lakers obviously have that ability. And be nice to get a, a guy that can actually play center that you can kind of rely on here in the next year or two. And that would be has, nice, absolutely. The, that has the ability that can make a shot at the at the basket. That, that would be a huge help. How his rebounding will be and all that, you know, that, that that'll that's still kind of, you know, in the works we'll see how that kind of goes but i i'm i'm just wanting the lakers to continue to do what they did today their main soldiers came in and did their job i like the fact that d'angelo russell hit four of four from three it's kind of reminded me of the first game he came in as a laker he had that kind of excitement and kind of getting understanding that oh man I'm not playing in Minnesota anymore I'm playing back at the, in the for the Lakers and I'm with LeBron and I'm with AD I I I'm hoping he keeps that kind of mentality and that kind of mindset so that when they need him he 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 
he improve he uh he he follows through he he impacts the the team in a positive way because it is a big deal D'Angelo Russell's performance could be the X factor in the title it really really could we're constantly thinking about him being a trade option down the road I don't want to think of it that way I don't want to think about trades I don't want to think about that negativity so if you're asking about negativity that is negativity well guys uh we're what if we get a trade uh we're we're we're, you know we got d'angelo we got maybe Rui's contract i'm like dude wait a minute hold on a second we haven't even played a game yet what do you mean you're gonna trade him yeah turn down the volume turn down the volume on that bullcrap it's like dude let it can you let can can i see him do something first before you trade him like oh we're gonna trade him for uh we're going to trade him for Dame Lillard. I'm like, okay, hold, all right, dude. You, you watch TV or do you know how basketball works? I'm like, take it easy. We just signed these guys. Let's At Laker Tom have. on Twitter, he trades everybody. I'm trying not to, I'm not trying to, I'm, I'm trying not to throw Tom under the bus. <laughs> as much as that's I okay everybody and, else on and, at Laker and, Tom and on twitter does for you joe ross atkins threw john schneider under the bus a couple of days ago for what happened with the jays go right ahead man it's throw oh, people boy. under the I, bus I, week i have no room i have no room to talk about anything baseball i i'm gonna get mur- i've been getting murdered here and i'm it's like uh it's like sunny red in donnie brown or well in real life when when he finally go went to go meet the bosses he already knew he was going to get checked out. He's just like, look, just get it over with. <laughs> just get it over with, man. Let this go get swept by the freaking six seed and just go die somewhere at this point, right? But uh but I'm I'm I was I'm impressed with today because the guys again, the guys who are supposed to play well played well and they yes. won. Guys, I I know it's a preseason game, but you guys know how I feel about Winning, whether it matters or not, it, it builds something. And today, they had the guys who they finally went with towards the end. They were struggling a little bit, but they still found a way to win the game. And that breeds good stuff. It breeds, it breeds a, a, a positive mentality, right, Sean? I mean, that's how I look at positivity. You perform, you win, you learn something. If you lose in a competitive manner, that can be a positive also. But if I see that you're constantly not coming through, you're making bad decisions, whether you're the coach, whether you're shooting, whether you're not getting the lanes figured out, you know, it's 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 those things that, then you're like, wait a minute, are you a professional here or are you just not able to mentally think a little here, right? But I think the Lakers did, had a great evening tonight. I, I, I got it. I, again, I didn't get a chance to see much of the game. I did get little snippets of here and there. Even before I got on the show, I was able to look at some some highlights. I saw Maxwell's dunk, uh, which kind of reminded me of Shannon Brown. I, I'd love to have Maxwell Lewis be kind of like a Shannon Brown for this team because in those games in, 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 in January and February – you know, it's still an entertainment business, right? It's nice to see somebody, especially a second-round pick, look like a guy that can go in the slam dunk contest. I think that'd be kind of fun if if, if we can see more of that during the year. What did uh, what did Kurt Vonnegut once say? 
if you do anything half-assed that makes you uh, a one-eyed king in the kingdom of the blind. Okay. I remember the quote, the one-eyed man is the king among the blind, right? I'm paraphrasing, but it, I, I, did, I never really, I, I understood the quote. I didn't know what the context of it was. You said it in a different way. And I always get my jollies off quotes like that, too. I, I, that's why you and I work well together, because you always you have that stuff to memory. It, I always thought that quote was obvious. I always, I always thought, like, well, okay, that makes sense. I mean, what's the other one? Uh, Chris Farley's who, got, uh, got a good one in, in uh, Dirty Work, but uh, we won't... Uh... Repeat no, that don't. word. <laughs> there was, there was, there was one. I forgot how it went. It was something about uh, I felt bad for a man with no shoes until I saw the man with no feet, like that. Something like that. Again, at the end of the day, it's like, well, you know, it's perspective. At the end of the day, it's about perspective. That's 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 what I get out of that. We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. Hey Lakers fans, looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do win 129-126. to 126. It's Magic Man Sean Grice and Joe Soro, a.k.a. Ox1947 on LakersBall.com. Plus support his company if you're in the Southern California area. Please go ahead and check it out. Simblades, Simblades with a Y.com. All right, guys, last question I'm going to hit you guys up before we head on out, and that is your thoughts, Magic Man. I'll start with you first on Gabe Vincent. Gabe Vincent, he's had pretty much two, best way to say it is Gabe Vincent-like performances. Uh, not efficient shooting, some solid play here or there, uh, only a minus three, six points, two assists, but two of seven for behind the arc and two of eight overall. Uh, you know, he's in there. He's going to be eating up a lot of minutes as the backup guard, playing a lot of one, maybe sometimes playing a lot of two, uh, playing maybe sometimes in those vaunted Z hates the three guard lineups, which I'm assuming we will see. We saw a little bit of that today in the second half. Your thoughts on Gabe Vincent and what he could do for this team after two games that you've seen so far? Yeah, you know what, Gerald? Off the look back, I think. There was only a handful of positions where he was where he was actually the the prominent point. He was playing a lot of off guard tonight. He looked okay with D'Lo, but D'Lo D'Lo was hitting his shot, so it wasn't as if Gabe Vincent was um, was needed there. He was more acting as a facilitator and um, and or Gerald. His main his secondary job as a off guard now is to put everybody in their proper positions and organize the team so they don't get bogged down in isolation. However, there, there have been a few 
opportunities for Rui or Wood to go ISO heavy, and they have with Gabe Vincent on the floor. Now, if it's working, it's working. You can't really argue against it. But uh, more oftentimes than not, either two of those guys being in ISO specifically and for multiple possessions, it usually doesn't end up well. So I'm with you. If he if he's not on the floor to shoot, he needs to be an organizer and he needs to have that mindset. So that that's why Ham got him. He, he's fine playing off the ball with either Reeves or Delo. It's just he looked he looked less awkward with. He's streaky though. He's People streaky. Are gonna have to get, he's very yeah, streaky. That's that's the word for him. His shot. Let's hope he's he gets streaky. another playoff streak for us, and let's just just his, leave it at his that. Def- his defense is not is unaffected by his lack yeah, of he, shot making. Always aggressive defensively. Yeah. Oh, C brought up a good point. Yeah, so we're, a lot we're all seeing the same thing. He's very effective defensively, streaky offensively, but I'd like to see him be, a, you know, a sec a secondary organizer and facilitator because that's why they brought that's why they brought him in drilled and that's why the heat got as far as they got from contributions from somebody like Kim who actually put guys in positions we'll see i know a lot of people in, in miami are talking about how whether or not how just how good max Struess and gabe vincent are now that they're away from the miami formula we've had it already experienced joe Kendrick Nunn, who we thought was really going to break out for the Lakers now that he was away from Miami, unfortunately did not do that. It was not the case. I'm hoping lightning does not strike twice in this sense. I'm hoping Gabe can just give us, I'm not asking for a whole lot. Backup guard is going to give us, he's going to eat up a lot of minutes. He'll probably start occasionally for the Lakers. Your thoughts on what Gabe Vincent needs to do, because we obviously see that JHS is not ready to take the backup point guard role in any any type of way and it doesn't look like he'll be there anytime soon so gabe vincent's going to be our backup point guard for now what does gabe vincent need to do in order to be a positive for this team going forward well that's the that's the perfect position is backup point guard back backup point guard who can who who you know will bring the defense every night in and night out that's what they're paying him for if he makes a couple shots great if he doesn't, you can still get points in reverse if you're able to stop a Jamal Murray, a Dame Lillard in certain spots at the end of the game. So I'm I'm not really worried about Gabe Vincent. I think I think he's going to play out well because of his particular skill set. Uh, he doesn't seem to look like a guy that gets down on himself, at least not that I've seen. That's a good thing. It's not like uh, Vanderbilt where when he misses a couple shots, you can see the, the, the shoulders kind of slouch. Um, so that's a, that's, that's an important part of this guys is you got to have a short memory and you got to understand to, to, to do, do what you do. Well, don't worry about the stuff that you don't do. Well, Gabe Vincent was brought here to have an option in case D'Angelo Russell can't, play defense that's what i took from it if there's a particular team where d'angelo's getting smoked taken advantage of run down whatever you have now someone that you can throw in there that could at least stop the bleeding and wants to play defense and that to me is, is an important 
important part of it was an important part of the summer to get somebody like that because I think it's less pressure on D'Lo and obviously uh, you know anytime you can get a guard that can actually stay in front of someone that's talented you're 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 gonna have a chance to settle the situation down. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I don't even think. I don't honestly. I don't even think about Gabe Vincent. Uh, you should think about Gabe Vincent because he's going to eat well, up a lot of minutes me, for the team this season. Let me finish. Let me finish. I'm not thinking about him in the sense of I'm. I'm not worried about him for. Okay. I've seen him play. He didn't. No one played well against Denver last year. Gabe Vincent, D'Angelo Russell, hell, even Jimmy Butler got smoked in the finals. So I'm not going to use the finals as a, as an example on why he isn't good enough. I don't think I don't I, I, that, that had nothing to do with it. It's just they ran into a team that was a buzzsaw. It is what it is. Hell, we're Laker we're Laker fans. We've seen our team just destroy people in in how many runs. Which yeah, Joe, you know, we we've always, been we've been we've been the wood chipper many times. We got fed into the wood chipper in the Western Conference Finals. It happens. And that's that's the first time. That was the first time they that's happened to the Lakers since 1998. The Lakers usually, when they get to the conference finals, they they always go to the finals. They had won um, eight. They had won eight conference finals in a row until this last year, and they went to eight in the 80s. The Lakers are, they have 32 conference titles. I mean, they, they're they like, I think, 14 ahead of even, no. They're 11 ahead of the uh, Celtics. Yep. So, <clears throat> Gabe Vincent, I feel like, is a, a security guy, and I think he's going to do well. As long as there's no injuries, I think he's fine. I'm not worried about him. I'm going to, I'm and as, as far as what I, was able to clip together here tonight. Uh, Rui played well. D'Lo played well. AD played well. LeBron played well. Austin played well. That's what I wanted to see. I wanted to, I, there was a 19 point lead at some point in the game. Okay, guys, let's, 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 let's keep this thing going. Right. Of course, I was excited to see some of the young guys and we were lied to with our first round pick. <laughs> and that's the only negative. <laughs> I'm like, why? Just, just, just do your thing. Stop living in fantasy land. It's it. That's all I ask, guys. If he Mike needs Trudeau, work, Mike... he needs work. Just admit he needs work. That's it. Mike, Tr- Mike Trudell and his size 39 suits. I mean, come on, dude. Stop, stop being such a simp. For God's sakes. That's You're a, a good word for what he, what, what that was. Oh my God! They, they, when you when you when you look at that word in the dictionary, it's his face. You can't even say this. You know he struggled. Like just t- you're you're aren't these guys journalists, reporters, analysts? Anyways, I don't want to talk about it anymore. I'm ready for the regular season. Um, I'm I'm feeling pretty confident, pretty pretty excited about what the Lakers are going to bring here, guys. I'm not going to lie. I've I've been downplaying it a little bit because I don't want to you know jinx it to some degree, but I I feel like if there is no injuries that are catastrophic, man, I think they're gonna they're gonna play well. 
Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do win 129 to 126. It is Gerald Glassford along with Magic Man Sean Grice and Joe Sorrow, who I don't believe is on the run or hiding out. Uh, he could be in witness protection. We're not quite sure in the darkness where he's at. But uh, great to have him here nonetheless. <laughs> We're just kidding you, my friend. I'm People collecting. Are... Yes. Oh, he's done. He's collecting. Okay. <laughs> watch out. Watch out. By the way, I've done that before. I have done that before, by the way. Okay. That's, and by uh... the way, I do have, it's funny, I I do have a particular situation where I'm I'm literally collecting. If you don't believe me, you can call me off air. I'll show you the, the text. Oh, there you go. There you go. Indeed, he is collecting. I'm not doing that now. I'm joking. I'm not doing that now. I'm visiting friends. I'm not doing that right now. So Okay. Well, fair uh, enough. Fair enough. Uh, I will tell everybody, again, please join us, playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break. Also, as well, go ahead and check us out. Uh, that's on se- 7 p.m. We're going to be playing. Gerald! Against... Joe yes. took my thumbs! Joe took your thumbs. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Watch out. Watch out. Yes, the Lakers uh, will be 7 o'clock right there for you. They'll be playing at Anaheim. Now, get this. I'm sorry, friend. I brought up the games that are coming up here on Wednesday when the Lakers play next against uh, that they are going to be playing against the Sacramento Kings in Anaheim at the Honda Center. Tickets start there about $55. Because I was talking to you about the the Las Vegas, how actually at one time it was 80 and it shot up to 140 was the lowest price ticket in Las Vegas by the time the game started. Uh, I will say that right now in Anaheim, it's $55. But guess what? When you go over to the other game, the Celtics and the Sixers at the Wells Fargo Center, Magic and Joe, tickets start at $6. Your thoughts on that, my friend? Bargain? Not a bargain right now. So that's just the exhibition season for you, my friend. So. Sean, go ahead. I'll let you go first. Go ahead. That's no bargain. $6, I like. Yeah, there you go. But that's for the Celtics and the Sixers. Where are you What's sitting? Up with that? For, yeah, Gerald, well, where that, are you sitting for $6? Uh, hold on. Hold on. I'll make sure I get some Kleenex for that for the nosebleeds. <laughs> Who the hell yeah. cares about yeah. the Celtics? And then – then, not only is it a nosebleeds, right, but there are some sections where they actually have like the huge pillar in yes. front, so you can't. The forum, act- the forum actually- has that. I have sat. Okay, when I was a kid, one of the times I went to a Lakers game there, I actually sat right, not behind it, but right directly near it, and the next seat over, you were looking straight at the ball at the support. Yes. Oh my God, Gerald! Yeah, I, so- I still can't believe they still sell those seats. But that was like way back in the day. They've modern, they've retrofitted and modernized it, and you know they've done a lot better now. But Joe, go ahead, my friend. Before we head it out, my friend. Well, the reason why the Celtic tickets are six bucks is because no one in the West Coast gives two craps about the Celtics. It's not that hard to figure out. I love Bloodhound's response. Clippers, Clippers exhibition tickets are free with any Del Taco purchase. <laughs> get a combo meal. Get a Clippers ticket for free. There you go. Uh, Kurt Affairs says Celtics tickets are too much at $6. You should pay me $6. You should pay me $60. There you go. But uh, speaking of the Celtics, we did have a good conversation earlier today. Uh, please go ahead and check out our, you know, our great conversation. I thought, Sean, they are the Celtics, uh, and we hate their guts. But Justin Quinn, you know, he knows his stuff. And he had some good thoughts on the Celtics earlier today, if you want to check that out. Right, Sean? Yeah, absolutely, Gerald. Please check it out, guys. Go, uh, go rewatch it. Uh, yeah, we do hate their guts. Uh, I don't hate it. I, I don't. I only hate one thing, and that's the Boston Celtics. So, uh, but talking to Justin was 
very, very good. Uh, and as Gerald said, he knows his stuff. It was a great uh, encompassing conversation of, about them. I will say this, though. They're, <laughs> they really need to hope that Porzingis uh, is stays touched, upright. Yeah, is touched by the injury fairy gods and stays upright, as Gerald said, because outside of him relying on Wenyan Gabriel, that Wenyan Gabriel and Al Horford front court. Yikes. And then they might in, and then he said they might add Andre Drummond. You know what, Gerald, there's an old saying, when your enemy's making mistakes, don't stop them. Keep, keep, keep going. Keep going. Adam said earlier in the chat that, uh, the Lakers should pick up John Wall. Your thoughts on that, guys? Before we head on out, Joe, John Wall. Were they banging? Were, were they banging their head on a wall when they thought about that? <laughs> you have to talk to Adam on that one. But I will say though that no. again, uh, the, the Celtics, the Celtics have a bigger problem coming soon here that no one's talking about, and that's you're going to have to pay Jason Tatum the supermax as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know how the hell they're going to do that and field a team in the future. Uh, another good matchup, though, that uh, I only got to check out glimpses like you uh, with the Lakers game, Joe, was uh, the matchup between Oklahoma City and San Antonio. And before we head on out, my friend, uh, Magic Man, uh, we only got to see brief glimpses, but it looked like it was a pretty good matchup. Uh, Wimbayama and uh, Chet Holmgren. I know Holmgren has had one year in the development cycle in the NBA behind the scenes, working out with trainers, working out with the coaches, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, it's a rookie season, but it's not a rookie season in many ways, but today you could pretty much say today was a standstill, but for all the right reasons, both teams have a lot to look forward to because both guys shot uh, what over 20 points each for each of those guys. Absolutely. Gerald, uh, they each made a couple threes as well. Chet was perfect from uh, from the three-point uh, area. Uh, Wemby was two for five. But, I mean, it, as advertised, man, as advertised. I will say this. Uh, for, all the, for all the kind of – I'm not going to say negativity, but just shortcomings with Chet that people have, He one thing that he does not lack – much for Gerald is uh, gumption, and and I know I'm using the word gumption for a seven foot man, but he really shows it. He's not afraid to get beaten defensively, and he doesn't get discouraged even when he does. Um, that that really is going to I think bless the OKC Thunder because they had a top ten rated defense before Lou Dort got hurt, and you're now you're adding in. Uh, a defensive dynamo, I think, in Chet Holmgren. And on the opposite side, Gerald, I think this is a gap here for the Spurs because it looks like Wemby is as advertised. It's just a matter of who now they want to put beside him to try and be a contender again. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. It is Joe Soro, Magic Man, Sean Grice, and me, Joe Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. The Lakers do win 129 to 126. We'll be back tomorrow evening for more Lakers fast break, Lakers basketball coverage. And of course, Wednesday at 7 p.m., they're at the Honda Center in Anaheim, a place where I've been before on a couple of occasions. Uh, they are going to go ahead and face off against the Sacramento Kings. So go ahead and join us on playback.tv. So Lakers fast break at 7 p.m. Plus, also as well, join us after the game for the best Lakers chat room that's out there and the less best 
Lakers post game that's out there. It's the Lakers fast break. But Joe, any last thoughts while you're on the run before we head on out, my friend? Yeah, I'll be in and out the whole week. So bear with me until I get back on Saturday. And then uh, I should be free the rest of the year. When you're done collecting, right? Actually, I have somebody that does that for me now. Okay. Just want to make sure. Is that is that Sean Grice? No, 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 no. Um, if if uh, if Joe's if Joe's Bumpy Johnson, that makes me Frank Lucas. Okay. <laughs> All right, I don't, then. guys. I, I don't. I don't. I've never broken legs. Yeah. I've never done any like that. If I put off that kind of atmosphere, I it's only for you know giggles. But we do live well, in a world where some people don't don't want to live up to their obligations, and there need there needs to be a little bit of a nudge. Well, hopefully you won't get that kind of a nudge anytime soon, and we're glad to have you here. And I don't think can. Joe would would do that either. I think he's more like the Superman three, like throw you in a hologram and then just float you out in the universe. Is he more of an arm guy trying to break the arm then instead of the legs? I think so. It's it's okay. it's. Yeah, I'm like Mr. Miyagi. My mentality is like Mr. Miyagi. I I only use force for defense only. Belt. Belt to hold up pants. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It's it's important to, because I like to walk around town without looking over my shoulder. That's, that make, that's an important part of, of living. So when it comes to handling business uh, unconventionally, the my advice to anyone who is in in a, in a situation like where they have to do something a little bit off the cuff, stay small. Okay. Stay stay unknown. Valuable. The more known you are, the more known you are to do things off the cuff, the more chance you have at. Uh, somebody finding out who you are what you do and then you got to deal with them later there's there's too many nutcases out there guys that have nothing to lose you can't you can't you no one's this isn't a freaking marvel movie guys this isn't there's there isn't anybody out there that can be the punisher as much as i wish i could be but but there are people out there that are villains trust me when i say that and the best way to combat a villain the best way to combat combat bad people is to be just as ferocious as they are, but you don't have their baggage. You don't have the negativity around them, people that hate them, people that they screwed over, Those because that's what ends up taking them down. So be as ferocious as those people, but I don't have problems like they do because everyone around me trusts me. Everyone around me has been treated well. I've never taken anybody's money. I've never scammed anybody. I have a good stable base, you know, at home and, you know, work. It's 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 a pretty crazy it's it's a pretty crazy world out there and good foundation is good and then if you're lucky and you kind of I kind of like the action, I'll be honest. Some of the stuff that I've done the last few years been kind of crazy but fun, but a lot of the reasons why I don't have to worry about the consequences of all that is it's because of the things I just said. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do win 129-126. to 126. We'll see you tomorrow night for more great fun here at the Lakers fast break. And also as well, we will see, yes, yes, live long and prosper there, Joe. 
We'll see you tomorrow again, like I said, but also don't forget Wednesday. Our coverage of the Lakers and Kings starts with Playback.tv's House Lakers Fast Break at 7 p.m. Then also as well going after that, the best Lakers chat room and the best Lakers post game that's out there can be found nowhere else than right here at the Lakers Fast Break. So for Magic Man, Sean Grice, and Joe Soro, it's Zero Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. We'll see you tomorrow. And thanks so much again to the great Lakers chat room that's out there. No better place to go than right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.